BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome back to Birdland tonight. I am Ryan Blake. I was joined by Josh, but he seems to have disappeared. So uh, I'm I'm certainly hoping that uh, that he'll make it back at some point. Uh, he just disappeared about 20 seconds ago. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, uh, not so lovely totals tonight. Uh, last night was a little bit more fun as the Orioles were able to uh, come through in the eighth inning, put some runs on the board. Tonight it was the Mariners who had a successful eighth inning. Uh, put up a few runs and defeat the Orioles by a score of five to two. Jorge Lopez was good until the fifth inning. Uh, once again, that's kind of where he uh, starts to fall apart. That's been a trend this year, unfortunately. But uh, hey, Josh is back. Hey, we're good now. We hey. have you. It's Welcome. It's your uh, it's your Birdland tonight debut, and uh, and thanks for joining me on the show tonight. We're we're excited to get this going. Um. I was just kind of mentioning that, that Jorge Lopez was good until the fifth when he started to fall apart there a little bit. He walked uh, the seven and eight hitters, gave up a single to the number nine hitter, and then uh, was pulled for Adam Plutko, who was good in relief once again, as was Paul Fry, and then it all fell apart when Travis Lakin Sr. came in in the eighth inning. Are you with me? I, I can hear you. I don't know if you, I don't know if my camera is really adjusting. I, I can I can see you on the screen, but you're frozen. It's uh, it's all good. Well, I'm I'm sure you'll uh, you'll be able to figure it out. But, um, yeah, that was that was kind of the story of tonight. Uh, the bullpen fell apart there in the eighth. Lakins came in, uh, couldn't seem to throw a strike. Gave up a single, walked a couple guys, and then Tanner Scott came in, giving up a sack fly, and then a three-run homer to Kyle Lewis, on which DJ DJ Stewart showed off about a four-inch vertical in his attempt to rob that home run, uh, but. Uh, not able to come through uh, for the for the bullpen tonight. Uh, uh, the big story of the series so far, uh, despite the Orioles being able to split the series to this point, is the inability to hit with runners in scoring position. Uh, one for nine tonight, Trey Mancini with a single in the uh, ninth inning. 
to uh, give the Orioles their first hit with runners in scoring position tonight. One for nine tonight, 0 for nine last night. That puts us at one for 18 in the series. Uh, 12 runners left on base tonight uh, by the team, 16, uh, or sorry, six last night, so 18 overall in the series. Uh, and not very good. That's that's not what you want to see. Uh, it's a shame when you load the base just three different times and you're unable to score. Uh, but unfortunately, that was the case tonight. A uh, lot of walks tonight. I was I raved on the show last night about how important it was that the Orioles were able to walk a couple times uh, before scoring in the eighth inning. We had the the uh, Valleca walk before Mullins go ahead homer, and then we had Ryan Mountcastle draw a walk before Freddie Galvis extended the lead to four. And um, unfortunately, tonight uh, we were not able to capitalize on those walks. I believe it was six walks. I'm, I'm not, not entirely sure on that, but. Um, yeah, not, not what you want to see. Cisco up twice with the bases loaded tonight, wasn't able to come through for us. Um, and in the first time, really just a bat at bat. Uh, he comes up after Graveman threw four consecutive balls to Freddie Galvis to put him on first base and load the bases. And then Cisco swings at the first pitch, gives us a little dribbler, uh, right back to, I, I don't even remember who, who fielded it and threw him out, but, uh, not a great, uh, now what do you want to see from, from Cisco there? And then comes up again in the eighth inning with the bases loaded and hits a little weak ground out to second base. Uh, let's see. We got we got some comments rolling in here. People are staying awake tonight. Uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and say that I disagree with this one. Lakin struggled tonight, but he's been fantastic so far this season. Uh, we we will see uh, what happens with him in the future. But you know you kind of expect some regression to the mean at some point. Uh, he's been he's been very good, but he's he's kind of outperforming his peripheral stats to this point, and uh, you know he he's not going to come out and and do fantastic every night. But I think so far this year he's he's been pretty pretty solid. Uh, Lakins wow, was a guy we saw with like a, we had he had a lower like he had an ERA that was like lower than I don't know his WHIP. I forget the stat, but like he was definitely expected to have this regression to the mean and. I mean, we were going to see it at some point, but I mean, he's been really good so far this year. Just the, I think he gave up two runs last time he was out, or at least before tonight throughout the whole season. But uh, I mean, he's been good up till tonight. We haven't seen him just completely go unhinged like this or just lose his control completely. But uh, let's see how he recovers from this. Yeah, we'll see. You know, it's 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 a long season, and, and Lakins has, has certainly shown signs of, of improving. Uh, his his curveball has been pretty solid. But, um, yeah, overall, you, you want to see a little bit more out of the bullpen, especially in a close game. Uh, of course, you know, it's it, not every night's going to be your night. Um, I do see some comments rolling in about uh, the minor leagues. Um, I do have – we are going to dive into that a little bit. Um but uh, yeah, I, I did want to mention uh, on on the the note with Chance Cisco, uh, certainly struggled at the plate. But if there is something to uh, applaud Cisco for, it's his ability to throw out runners on the bases. And so far uh, this season, he's five for six throughout his fifth runner tonight. So there's something to be said about that. But that you know, that's not going to let you keep your job when you're not hitting your weight, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we've seen him come up in these situations throughout the entire season. I don't think he's delivered one time. I think he's 0 for 15 career with bases loaded and uh, adds two more to that tonight. 
Uh, it's just been a pretty poor performance at the plate from Cisco all year. On defense, I mean, outside of the runners, um, I think five for six, like you said, on runners getting thrown out this year. Uh, his framing rates are at the bottom of the league, as is uh, Severino. Um, Adley can't come fast enough, <laughs> as much as that kind of hurts to say, I guess. But with three strikeouts in his full season professional debut at Bowie tonight. Uh, but he did catch DL Hall, who pitched very well. Um, again, like I said, we will we will dive into that shortly. Um, I do want to get your thoughts, though, on this decision to go to Travis Lakins in the eighth. Fry came in uh, in the seventh, was able to strike out two batters with a runner on second, stranding uh, Adam Plucko's leadoff double. Um, but how, how did you feel about Brandon Hyde's decision to bring in Lakins in the eighth, despite Fry uh, coming out and looking sharp and, and not throwing a whole lot of pitches in the seventh? Yeah, Fry threw 11 pitches going into that eighth inning there. And um, I don't know if they must have just saw a lefty-righty matchup. I can't remember who comes in or who came up for the Mariners that inning, but they just went to Lakins. I mean, like we've said, he's been good all season. There should be no reason to have an issue with it. But, yeah, when a guy like Fry's rolling like that, uh, it's kind of hard to justify taking him out after especially only 11 pitches. Uh, he was lights out in, in those 11 pitches. So, um yeah, I think it was just one of those analytical decisions where they just saw a matchup they liked better. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like we've kind of touched on, not every night's going to be your night. And, uh, you know, Lakins has been pretty solid. I, I, I don't necessarily hate the decision. I certainly don't love it. Uh, but, you know, that's that's not going to happen uh, every night. And then Tanner Scott comes in, and, yeah, that was, that was not a great pitch to Kyle Lewis, reigning uh, American rookie of the year uh that went ahead and put the game out of reach um like i said dj stewart uh with a very meager attempt to rob the home run mcdonald kind of alluded to this on the broadcast looked like he bumped his shoulder into the walls he was trying to go up but uh dj stewart isn't exactly a guy i would expect to uh scale the wall and and rob a home run unfortunately no he just looked uncomfortable in right field especially tonight like even routine fly balls that just he kind of was getting there at the last second, and I uh, just didn't look <laughs> sharp defensively. But that's not what we have him in the lineup for, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you, you have a guy like him to to get on base and and draw some walks, and he he drew two more tonight, which was nice to see. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, the Orioles unfortunately not able to push those runs across. Um, but again, the the main the main story of of this game was uh, not necessarily the pitching, but uh, the offense didn't give the pitching a shot. Um, you know, it's it's easier to pitch with the lead. You get a little bit more comfortable. It's it's not easy to pitch in a tie game, especially late. And uh, you know, we've we've mentioned that um, you know all the all the runners left on base, all the runners stranded in scoring position in this series, and and that's certainly not what you want to see. Um, yeah, and a guy like Jorge Lopez who. It wasn't his best start of the season, but certainly one of his best starts of the season. Uh, like you said, he goes four and two thirds, gives up one earned run. I was actually tracking his pitches per inning and his like strike percentages in those innings. In the first inning, he goes 80% on strikes, only through like 10 pitches, no base runners. Second inning, 15 pitches, uh, almost 70% strikes, only gave up one base runner. Nine pitches in the third, same rate of strikes. And uh, in the fourth, he got into a little trouble. That was when Seeger hit the homer. Uh, he had 23 uh, pitches in that inning, 13 strikes. The The rate was going down for sure. Went from almost 70 to about 57% there just between innings. 
And in the fifth, right before he got taken out, he threw 19 pitches, allowed three base runners, had nine strikes out of that. So, uh, I mean, this is kind of something we see with Lopez. He just gets wild as it goes on. Perfect uh, long reliever. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that's not what the Orioles needed out of him tonight. But, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a few comments roll in like this one from Madison. Um, it would have been nice to uh, for Lakins to do a little bit better tonight. But, yeah, as, as we've alluded to, the biggest issue that we had tonight was not being able to drive in runs, uh, leaving guys on base. It happened last night. We got away with it. It happened again tonight, and we did not. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's that's been kind of a common theme for the Orioles this year, and, and hopefully it's not a trend that uh, we're going to continue, uh, but but we shall see. And then I've got to give a shout-out to my guy, Sean, tuning in from Facebook. What's up, Sean? Uh, anyway, let's talk about some Orioles down on the farm. Uh, today, as uh, I mentioned on the show last night, uh, and as you all are well aware, it was minor league opening day. We had the AAA Norfolk Tides, AA Bay Sox, single A, uh, at, sorry, I'm still learning who's where, uh, high A Aberdeen and low A Delmarva all in action tonight. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you guys a little rundown for those of you who, uh, may not know what happened in those minor league games tonight. Uh, we'll start with the good news. The double A Bay Sox defeated the Altoona curve by a score of two to one DL hall four and a third innings pitched, gave up two hits, two walks, struck out 10 on 74 pitches. That's a very nice outing for Mr. DL hall. Uh, in his double-A debut. His battery mate, Adley Rushman, Orioles' number one prospect, number two uh, in baseball, according to um, MLB Pipeline, uh, 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Not a great full-season debut for Mr. Rushman, but let's not panic yet. Let's not call him a bust yet. I know Orioles fans are going to be quick to jump on that. They're going to say we don't want him to turn into another Matt Wieters, and I could argue that Matt Wieters was very good, but that's a discussion for a different day. Uh, J.C. Ascara with the game-tying homer in the eighth to tie uh, the Bay Sox with the curve, and then Taron Vavra with an RBI fielder's choice in the ninth to put them ahead 2-1. to one. Nick Vespi gets the win with three scoreless innings in relief. He follows me on Twitter. No big deal. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in the minor leagues, Aberdeen uh, with a 10-1 uh, victory over the Wilmington Blue Rocks. Grayson Rodriguez the starter in that game. Four innings pitched, one hit, two walks, five strikeouts on 63 pitches. Uh, D.L. Hall tweeted that Grayson was hitting 101 on the gun. I'm not sure how accurate that is. Minor league guns are uh, tend to be a little on the generous side, but nonetheless, a strong outing from Grayson Rodriguez. Johnny Reiser and Kyle Stowers both with a homer. Joey Ortiz, three for five, a home run shy of the cycle. Uh, down in the shore, the Delmarva Shorebirds and Salem Red Sox were suspended after an inning and a half because of the rain, but not before Gunnar Henderson Hit a two-run Apo Taco over the signage out in left field. Very exciting to see, exciting to see. Drove in Hudson Haskin. So the uh, the Shorebirds trail the Red Sox three to two, I believe. And I don't know what the plan is to make up that game or to fix that game, but nonetheless, uh, it's exciting to see Gunner uh, make his debut with 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 a homer like that. Uh, not a great night for the Norfolk Tides. They fall to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Fantastic minor league team name, by the way. 11-5 in that one. Connor Green, an inning and two-thirds, seven runs, six earned, five hits, four walks. Seth Mejia-Spreen and Tyler Nevin both homered for the Tides in that one. Uh, so that's a little rundown of what happened in the minor leagues tonight. Uh, I hope you all uh, safely take advantage of opportunities to go see minor league teams. Um, you know, the, the, the team on the field in Baltimore is um, not much to write home about. That's, that's something we knew coming into this year. 
But if you can get down to Bowie and see D.L. Hall and Adley Rushman, if you can get down to Aberdeen and see Grayson Rodriguez, if you can get down to Delmarva, see Gunnar Henderson, there's a lot of talent in this pipeline. I highly, highly recommend going to minor league games. It's a good, inexpensive way to go see the baby birds. Josh, what's your? Uh, I I feel bad. I'm kind of leaving you out because your screen's frozen. But I know you got. I know you've got the audio. But uh, what's what are your initial thoughts with uh, the minor league season getting underway? I mean, it's going to be real tough for me to get to any uh, minor league action with the Orioles this year. So um, I'm from Southeast Michigan, as we talked about before, and uh, I looked up the Toledo Mudhens schedule, and they do not play the Tides the entire season. So I will have a lot of trouble getting to those ones. But I'll certainly be keeping up on it. I love minor league baseball. There's just a lot of great things that minor league baseball has that the MLB does not seem to have. Just a different element of fun to the game, different vibe at the ballpark. I love it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's great to see all these Orioles prospects out there playing. Uh, it's been two years since we've seen like these live box scores and everything like that. Like the alt site, you know, you'll get some like mysterious someone screenshots the box score of the game at a alt site game against, I don't know, the Nationals. And you'll be like, oh, man, Jemai Jones had three hits tonight and uh, we should think about calling that guy. But no, now we get to see like actual footage and uh, it's definitely going to be a lot nicer than just looking at alternate site mystery well hopefully heston kerstad can kind of get on a roster here sooner rather than later yeah it's exciting to finally see some uh, some game action there and uh i i gotta pull up this comment because it or yeah because it did make me laugh um yes i i did recap your comments but to be fair your comments were a recap of the notes that i already had for the show tonight <laughs> but uh, i i appreciate you chiming in there uh, i'm sorry to steal your thunder but i did plan on t- talking about all of those things um, so anyway, uh, Josh, I did want to ask you, uh, there's, there's been a little bit of debate. I've seen different rankings. Um, Grayson Rodriguez is generally considered the Orioles number two prospect. I've seen a couple publications that have DL Hall ranked higher, specifically, uh, that of Mr. Keith Law. And so, uh, I did ask you between the two, uh, who do you consider the Orioles top pitching prospect? I want to say Gray Rod. I mean, if that 101 is true, I mean, that's there's not a lot of guys in baseball that can throw 101, especially as like a, I think he's a 22 year old. That's it's pretty hard to find. I do like DL Hall a lot. I mean, a lefty that throws hard as well. He had a good night tonight, 10 Ks and 4.2 innings, I think is what it was. And uh, I mean, just having two guys like this in the system is kind of a rare find. You don't see a lot of good young pitching that uh, is this close to MLB ready and looks this high end and uh, but I will take uh, Gray Rod over D.L. Hall as much as I like the hard-throwing lefty. I think he touched 97 tonight. Yeah, he, he was looking good. And, um, you know, I, I, I have to agree with you. I do think I like Grayson overall. Um, and I guess my biggest reason for that would be uh, I think Hall walks a few too many guys. Uh, with that being said, um, I, I can't help but fall in love a little bit with some of these videos that DL Hall has posted this offseason in this spring uh, with him throwing some bullpens at, at training facilities and uh, showing off the, the spin rate on his fastball and his slider. And, um, you know, at, I, I got to say, it's, he's, he's growing on me. And uh, if he can limit the walks a little bit, I think the Orioles are working with something really special there in DL Hall. 
Yeah, for sure. And I love the rapport going on between these guys. Uh, Deal Hall was like adding Grayson Rodriguez on Twitter today and a couple different things, just hyping each other up. And you like to see that from your younger guys, just a little interaction. We had like Rutschman, McKenna, and one of the other prospects who were all playing COD at some point in the offseason. Just always fun to see those guys interacting, even though they're on different levels and different teams. Yeah, no doubt. It's it's fun to see a little bit of a rapport there. You know, on the major league side, you've got Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes, who are really good friends and always backing each other up. And uh, I'm I'm kind of hoping that in a couple of years, DL Hall and Grayson Rodriguez will have a similar relationship to Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope. Those were those were my guys. I wanted that bromance <laughs> to live together in Birdland for a long time, and unfortunately, that wasn't uh, able to happen. I hope we don't make similar mistakes with this new revamped front office. And, um, you know, it's, I, I think, I think there are exciting times coming in Birdland. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but there, there's a lot of guys to be excited about. Like I said, go out and see some minor league games. It's absolutely worth it. You sit close, you can hear everything. The, the food's pretty cheap. The tickets are cheap. You can sit down with the scouts and get some of their opinions. I cannot more highly recommend going out to minor league baseball game. And now that the uh, season is underway, first time we get live games in quite some time, um, you get you got to do it. I know, Josh, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you already said you're not going to be able to, unfortunately. Uh, but if you ever if you make it out this way, you got to you got to make your rounds and, and see some see some teams because we're lucky here in Baltimore to have all of our affiliates uh, so close. You know, not every team can say that they're, you know, that all four of their minor league affiliates are within driving range. And the Orioles can say that, um, you know, the, the nationals, I'm not, I honestly couldn't tell you if this is still the case, but up until last year, the nationals triple A team was in Fresno, California. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's the other side of the country. So the Orioles are very lucky to be able to have all of those, all of those teams in such a close proximity. Yeah, for sure. Now, I think uh, um, they were ranked second overall. I think the Nationals ended up hopping over the Orioles. I think they moved their AAA team. But, like, yeah, Cleveland's in the same boat where they're all within the same state pretty much. And, yeah, everything for Baltimore is just right there on within a couple-hour driving. Yeah, and it, it doesn't surprise me that the Nationals would move, move AAA a little closer. Madison in the comments mentions that the Nats are in Rochester now, which, which makes a ton of sense for them. Um, yeah, Cleveland got everybody within, I think, an eight-hour drive. I knew that before... Uh, going into 2019, I kind of knew where the where the teams ranked, but um, yeah, again, just to reiterate, you know, every everybody's so close. It's exciting to see. Um, I've got the scores on the bottom ticker of the broadcast tonight, just to kind of uh, let people see what's going on in the minor leagues. I plan on continuing to do that when I'm uh, when I'm here on the broadcast. Uh, but it's it's exciting for sure. And when when the major league team is not uh, as good as you want it to be. Go out and see the young guys. Go see the team, the players that are going to be on the team uh, the next time the Orioles are competitive, which which hopefully won't be uh, for more than a couple of years. Uh, Josh, I uh, I have run through my notes. It was a pretty uneventful Orioles game tonight. I kind of went through everything I wanted to recap on the minor league side. Was there anything uh, that you wanted to touch on or, or add to? Um, I mentioned the Jorge Lopez like pitches per inning thing with like his strike rates and everything. I was seeing how the offense did against Justin Dunn tonight. He kind of got the best of us uh, when we did, did that doubleheader a couple weeks ago. But uh, it looked like early the Orioles were getting to him pretty well. I mean, he we made him throw 20 pitches in the first, 25 in the second, four base runners between the two innings. And uh, 
Uh, after that, it just dropped off. He threw nine pitches in the third, 11 in the fourth, eight in the fifth, and uh, got one out in the sixth, but threw 15 pitches there. But obviously, they took him out. But uh, yeah, right when it was starting to look up for the Orioles offense, I mean, even if you're not getting hits, if you're getting that starter out of the game early, burning that Mariners bullpen, which is one of the best in baseball as of right now, uh, that goes a long way over the course of a series. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you want to make guys work. You want to draw some walks like the Orioles were able to do tonight. Uh, but you've got to be able to across and uh the Orioles unfortunately not able to do that tonight uh hopefully the Orioles will take the rubber match tomorrow uh I believe it's a 4-10 game tomorrow afternoon against Seattle and uh I'm not sure who will be on the call for Birdland tonight I think we are all still trying to figure that out but uh Josh I'm glad you're able to make your debut I'm sorry that uh we can't uh I'm sorry that your face is frozen but uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to contribute nonetheless. And, and uh, I wish I knew more about troubleshooting these technical difficulties. Uh, I'm sure John is asleep. Otherwise, he would be around to help us out. But, um, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully, hopefully it works out a little better next time. But uh, I, I appreciate you joining me on the show tonight so that I didn't have to do this one alone. Yeah, I, I promise I'm enthused, even though my uh, still image this whole time has been <laughs> very not enthused. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I think it was a, I don't think it was a depressing evening of Orioles baseball. I mean, we did we got the guys on base. So just Chancisco is like single handedly responsible for the offense. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, like I said, too. I'm just. I'm just glad that minor league baseball is back, if I'm being honest. But uh, that's yeah, Josh. Sure. I'm Ryan. Thank you all for tuning in to Birdland tonight. And uh, we'll be back after every Orioles game, as always. And uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Take care, everybody. Yep, see you guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.